to Hacker Public Radio. My name is Klaatu. I'm here to talk about codecs, video codecs and audio codecs alike. Uh, this is going to probably end up being sort of an in-depth series, since this is such a huge subject. Um, I want to instill a little bit of an understanding in you about how codecs work and kind of what they do and why they exist at all. But I also I want to maybe talk about each or, or some of the major codecs out there and um, maybe some of some of the features of each and, and why they exist, uh, where they come from, things like that, whether they're free, non-free, stuff like that. And, uh, of course, the other side of, I mean, the, the, the different sides of codecs are the compression and the decompression of the content. So uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about that. So... Um, in initially, I think, um, you know, what is a codec? That's something that a lot of people don't quite understand. A lot of people know empirically that that they need a, a codec because when they click on a file or they go to a site, the video doesn't play and it tells them to install a codec or a plugin for their browser. So a lot of people realize that there's a need for them to install a codec, but not many people really know what a codec is. The word codec uh, is actually it's um it's it's like modem or something like that. It's it's not really you know we say it as a word. It's actually two words put together. It's a uh, code and decode. C O for code, D E C for decode. And the the idea behind a codec simply is uh, at least in its most pure form. And and I'll explain what I mean by that in a little while. Uh, in its most pure form, a codec simply exists because video does not originate on your computer. Obviously, what we see in the real world is not digital. Something needs to make them digital. And this is where codecs come in. So a codec is simply a mathematical uh, method of, of taking a signal um, and turning it into a, a digital uh, stream of information. So codecs are actually at work, hard at work on on your camera, uh, well before you ever get to your computer. I mean, obviously your digital video cameras are, you know, obviously they have embedded computers in them. So when you're taking video, whether it's um, mini DV or HDV or AVCHD or whatever, the video is is being processed. Uh, by by a codec and it's being stored in a certain format and then you're transferring that to your computer to either edit it or to store it or to convert it to DVD or whatever you're going to do with that video. So obviously codecs have to exist if we want to have video on our computers. The question is do they have to exist in the way that they exist? And the answer to that is probably not. Um, codecs are also a big business. There are companies out there that are are in the business of of having created a codec and having come up with a scheme to make people come to them uh, to be able to use that codec. It's not always the end user that needs to go to that company. Sometimes we do in order to download the codec, especially in Linux where there are very few codecs uh, in, 
included with our operating system. Um, but even, you know, I mean, if you've paid for your operating system, if you've paid for either Windows or Mac OS X, someone from one of those two operating systems has gone to these companies, signed a license agreement, paid whatever amount of money needs to be paid uh, in order to get that codec to be bundled with that operating system. And of course, you're paying that eventually when you're paying for the operating system. So there's a business to codecs, and it's a really profitable business. And interestingly enough, a lot of people believe incorrectly that there are so many codecs out there because each codec is designed for a certain use. You know, one codec must be better than another for such and such a job, whilst another codec must be better than the other one for this job. That's usually not the case. While certain codecs sometimes do have a kind of uh, specialty, or a, um, you know, maybe they've been, they've been created uh, with the intent to, 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 to sell it to a certain market, it really is just, it's usually just that. It's just someone started a company, got some coders together, had them make a, a codec, and geared it toward a certain market because they see that there's a need for um, for video delivery. So codecs can be really, really uncompressed, uh, and and that's simply, like I say, that's the most pure form of it. Uncompressed video would just be a really, really, really big file that you'd need a really nice computer system to be able to even play back to watch. More typically, what we find in video cameras, especially, for instance, something like Mini-DV or uh, Motion JPEG, which you'll find in some of the digital still cameras that you know also have the, mo the video camera function. Not the iPhone, of course, because the iPhone, um, as advanced as it is, doesn't have that function. Uh, but other cameras, um, other phones even, have little video cameras in them. Um, motion JPEG. So that's a very, very compressed picture, because obviously if you're taking it on your phone, it's not as if though you have that much, um, not that much space on it to hold, you know, video. So it's very, very compressed. Mini-DV, which is, I guess, kind of right now, it's the lowest uh, consumer video format, is, is actually quite compressed as well. And you start to see that when you're bringing it into different color correction programs, starting, you know, you, you try to kind of isolate certain things, it, it gets kind of difficult to um, to do that with such compression because you're losing a lot of color depth and things like that. Um, and then there's obviously, you know, there's like HDV, which is kind of in between Mini-DV and HD, and that's not quite as compressed, but it's it's compressed. Um, so So you've got you know, the codec by nature is to have the video on the computer, and then there's different kinds of, of there's different kinds of compression that those codecs are applying to that video, and usually that serves a very useful function. Like I say, if you're if you want to take video on your camera, and you don't want to lug around a big, you know, ridiculously large digital still camera with, you know, like an eight gig hard drive attached to it or something like a 
you know, I mean, then then you're gonna have to compress that video. Um, if you've got a system that you want to edit video on, and your system doesn't have, you know, ten processors and eight gigs of RAM and a gig of video RAM, then you're going to need to compress that video so that your system doesn't totally choke on the video that you're feeding it and, and demanding that it plays back to you in real time so that you can get a feel for it so you can edit it. So the uh, the codecs that compress things force um, a certain amount of... it's a balancing act. Obviously the artist part of the person taking the video ideally would not have to compress the video at all. It would be a, a, a pure stream of, of basically exactly what the camera could capture. Um, there would be no compression. It would just be a perfect image, a, a digital translation of what we see with our own eyes, basically. Um, realistically, on a technical side, that's just not going to happen, either because the system that you're running it on isn't going to be able to handle it, or the system that you're delivering it to isn't going to be able to handle it. So think about internet uh, video delivery. There's no way that you're going to be able to send someone uncompressed video, you know, when they go and download your video uh, netcast or your, your movie, your open source movie, or something like that. It's just not going to be possible. You have to compress it so that they can download it within a reasonable amount of time. Uh, but you have to compress it only so much, and, and you want to obviously leave it looking as good as possible. Um, and so it gets really, really tricky. And there's a certain art and there's a certain science to compression. And it is fairly complicated, compression. It's something that you really kind of have to get to know. But it really helps to know what exactly is going on um, when you're when you're doing the compression, and that'll help you wrap your mind around how to go about compressing video. So, assuming we've gone out and gotten uh, some video, and we come back and we've edited it or whatever we're gonna do with it. We now, we, we now need to compress it so that we can send it out to other people so that they can actually watch it. And whether you're going out to DVD or whether you're going to offer it as a download over the internet or you're going to compress it onto a video CD or you're going to put it on your own uh, media player, your N800 or something like that, you have to keep in mind your what you're delivering to because of course it couldn't be that simple every simple every dip, different de device needs a different kind of compression method uh, or or could could benefit from having its own compression method um, the process of encoding video or compressing video is to take the the video in its native codec whatever it was captured in uh, into the camera, and now you're taking it and you're going to transcode it into a format that is more ideal for whatever delivery method you've you've chosen. You can do this on Linux uh, on the command line, 
I think there are some GUI tools as well. I usually just do it on the command line. However you do it, you you really need to know what the different what the important variables are because honestly there are only a couple of really important variables and if you understand what they do you'll have you'll have part of what you need to understand uh, how you're going to go about compressing the video the interesting thing about compression is that only half of it is understanding what needs to be done. The other half is actually looking at the video that you are compressing on a case-by-case -case basis and kind of analyzing it with your own eyes and, dis and, and kind of processing in your own mind how that video is going to treat or how, how your compression method is going to treat that video. So the idea here is that if you have a video of people uh, blowing up buildings and shooting lasers and swinging around lightsabers, um, that's going to need a pretty, that, that's a lot of information happening in that video frame. And if you really start thinking about video frames, traditionally I think we all think of it kind of as we know film is, you know, as a series of images being shown to us, you know, a series of still images being shown to us at 29 or 30 or, or 24 frames per second. And it's simply the the illusion of motion that we have from seeing all these still images. And while technically it's it's sort of the same thing in video, it's it's actually a lot more helpful to think of it more like how the computer sees it. The computer doesn't really see it as a set of still images. The computer sees it as a block of pixels and each of those pixels has a value each pixel has a luma value and a chroma value the luma value is the brightness or darkness of that pixel and the chroma value is the hue uh, the color of that pixel those two things in each little pixel is what the computer is looking at and then think about how many pixels there are in even a standard definition frame. Typically it's 720 pixels by 480, which is basically more math than I can do in my head right now. But that's a lot of pixels, you know, it's, it's a lot of pixels for the computer to, to think about. And that is 720 by 480 uh, approximately 30 times a second. So now you've got even more for the computer to consider. So if you think about your frames of video as just a box of pixels, of ever-changing pixels, you kind of just analyze the picture on that basis. So if you've got people swinging around lightsabers, you've got pixels that are changing value, both luma and chroma value, just a lot in one second, you know? It, that lightsaber is going to go from one end of the screen to the next. That's a streak of, of light that, that, that goes across the frame, but then the pixels that it has passed through are going to, to go back to their old value after it passes through that area. You know, so, and then you've got people around in that frame, and you've got sparks flying around, and you've got all that kind of stuff going on. That's a lot of information, and that, that kind of compression, you're not going to be able to compress it that much and be able to retain clarity 
and uh, you know a high quality of image. On the other hand, if you if I was filming myself right now or videotaping myself right now, um, all we would have in the frame was me talking into a microphone and really nothing else. You know, there wouldn't be a whole lot of movement. I'm not I'm not really moving around. It's just my lips are moving. And if I even conceal my lips um, behind the microphone, the video camera wouldn't even see that much. And so it, it would it would practically be like a still image. And so that's that's a lot of that's a lot of pixels that basically aren't changing value. And that kind of stuff is very easy for the computer to compress. And it's very easy to have a you know to to give that kind of frame a very small amount of um, what's called bitrate. So. I've probably um, given you enough to think about for this episode. I'm going to wrap it up now. And I'm going to do a second episode in which we will go through what exactly is happening during, during compression and what those important variables to think about are so that you can kind of get a sense of what you should be thinking about when you set about compressing uh, video. And then probably in the third and, and probably final episode, I will tackle a couple of different codecs and talk about um, what they all are and why they exist and who owns them and what we should do to deal with them. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net. So head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.